Can we talk about the the growth on my face? Oh God, hang on. Let me put you in gallery view so I can see. Can that just, is can we talk so about gnarly. How fuzzy, it's, it's like getting a right wire now. It's brush. A, I hate it. It is like a wire brush. It looks like a, a pig's back, like a, a razorback hog's back. Like if you were to pet a feral hog. That's what this is like. I can confirm for everyone who is listening that that is 100% accurate. Are we recording right now? Because yes. that oh, is yes. gold. Gold, <laughs> cold open. <laughs> mentorship podcast for the digital age. We're for anyone who looks outside of the box for inspiration and knows just how important a great mentor can be. From movie stars to blog writers to leaders of retreats in paradise that help you discover your purpose. In this day and age, we have something to learn from everyone. So this is your weekly chance to get personal with people who've been down the road before you. I always think of the Golden Girls. I really do. That feels right. It really does. And soak up a whole lot of inspiration from every corner of the internet. Tell me what you've been doing this week. Tell me what you've been doing. I mean, I've heard some special stuff that you've been doing when we last recorded, but like what's happened between then and now? The hours that have transpired and the brilliance that you've created and or not created, or have you left your house? Have you put pants on? Answer all the questions. Oh, no, no, no real difference, discernible difference in the pants wearing, number one. Mm -hmm, Pretty mm -hmm, much status quo there. Comfy pants all the time. Go ahead, comfy pants. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I have gone for a walk and listened to a podcast, so that's good. One walk. Um, I'm going to buy a bike, I think, Mm. soon, because I feel better about biking than walking through the park. There's like some, I have to say, up here in my neighborhood in Fort Tryon, like the last time I went walking in the park, I don't know if I said this to you, but like when, because there's no one around, when I came out, there was definitely like drug deals happening and like some shady shit, like in multiple areas in the like parts surrounding the park. So like, I think I'm going to get a bike because that feels like... I can carve out in my calendar every morning, like nine to 10, a bike ride. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. I feel good about that. I, uh, speak on the drug, on the drug dealing front, I have actually taped. <laughs> I've started collecting, I've started collecting a, a film, um, like a, you know, a library of drug deals that go down out my window. It's like, it's like <laughs> rear window. It, it is literally where drug deals that go down, drug use that goes down, oh, just, just wow. right outside of my window. Like if you just were to take like a screen, the one shot of out my, out my window. Holy shit. This window here for the people that can't see, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, because we're not recording the zoom, you no. go straight out the window and you go directly tilt down like 35 degrees uh-huh. and there's like, there's a park, but then right in front of that park is like, the, I guess it's the place to do drugs oh. and the place to deal drugs and the place. Cause it's like a quarter of the way from ninth Avenue. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, Oh boy, what, what exactly is happening here? And now with the lack of police force because of coronavirus and the lack of people, they're not putting more, you know, first responders on the street and police force like that. So it's like created an environment for people to flourish of the, uh, do whatever you you know, the nefarious, Mm -hmm. yeah, the nefarious variety have, have really taken hold 
and how quickly it happened was like right. mind boggling. I was on a call last week uh, with someone who was pitching something to me, like a piece of mm-hmm. you know art, creative stuff. And I was sitting at my desk over there, which looks out a window like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there's a school yep. right across from my apartment. And as we're talking on Zoom, I look up and I see a young man and a young woman. And this guy like fucking picks this woman up and tries to throw her to the ground And then they proceed to keep fighting and she's hitting him and like trying to walk away. And I was like, I'm so sorry. This is what I'm seeing right now. Do you think I should call 911? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I do think you should. And so I ended up calling 911 because like you said, there's no one out. There was like one person that clearly had stopped and was trying to stay there to like deter the guy from doing witness it or yeah, stop. Yeah, Yeah. But then to your point about like lessened police force, I called them twice because they came back one time and yeah. I, I i was like so clear this is not happening to me i'm watching it outside my window i filmed it so that if you do if something did happen later on and you need film we've I got photo evidence it. yeah sure yeah right. and this is what they're wearing and they literally called back 911 like i don't even know seven hours later and we're like do you need police assistance <laughs> they're there and i was like oh my god <laughs> so you've got to understand like now right now in the time of covid i and people talk about it sometimes like kind of offhandedly and joking and things like that but they're like what is the divorce rate Uh how many babies are coming out of this but like the domestic domestic violence violence that's going on is a huge uptick and nobody's nobody's doing anything about it because there's nobody to do anything about it there are some organizations that are are um handling right organizations but but i'm talking about i'm talking about like the police or anything like that because we just they're they're elsewhere their focus is elsewhere and unfortunately the people that are being abused are left behind. Yeah. I didn't mean to bring this as a no, Debbie Downer, no, but now that but we're on this part like, of, path. People should, yeah, we should all path, be thinking you know? about that, right? Like all of us need to remember that that's happening. I've seen a lot of things on um, like Facebook and things like that. If you're in a situation and for anybody out there, if you're in a situation, like hit us up, um, you know, I, we can figure out a, a form of code words or code language we or something. We can directly like connect domestic, you to Yeah, we can absolutely too. do. Yeah. Yes, we, we've, you know, Broadway Unlocked, um, which, which is our, which is our mother umbrella company, um, does, you know, a lot of extensive CVTC crime victims treatment center stuff. So we have the resources, we have all that stuff. If you're out there and you have, and you have a, a situation in which you're in, uncomfortable in, like contact us, reach out to us at TM2C podcast, please. This truly went like from feral pig chin hair. To <laughs> <laughs> we, and to I wouldn't say it violence. was a de-evolution. No, I wouldn't say it was a de-evolution, no. but like, you know, it's a natural progression. It feels, you think about feels very take me to coffee, doesn't it? <laughs> be, oh, absolutely. We, we run the gamut on this fucking <laughs> podcast. Speaking of running the gamut. Yes. Let's talk about our guest today because uh, you know what? Are you obsessed? I'm obsessed. I'm a hundred percent. I, after we, after we recorded this episode, um, I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, how do I get into this? Like, what is the thing? I wake up every day and and to this is to my discredit because, you know, I'm not poo-pooing it at all, but like I just haven't woken up and put in the, like started journaling, right? I haven't done that. And you'll hear in the episode, like we'll we'll get to a couple of things like roadmaps of how to start this process. Um, Wait, we have to, we have to Probably we should just introduce the yeah. guest before we do this. <laughs> I literally was thinking the same thing. I was like... Because we already why? know what's happening. Because why? Because we already know what's happening and I'm like ready to get to it. So let's go back and introduce the guests. Our guest today is the inimitable, and I say this about I a lot of people because there's nobody like this fucking guy. No. Nobody who's like this guy. Uh, his name is Rick Kelly and he is guru. I don't want to say guru because I he's know. more than that. He's uh, like, I just, uh, 
you know, some people might like put him in that category of guru, but he's not. Yeah. He's like the anti guru guru. The anti. Yeah. But like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like what you need to know is he runs a retreat on Bali. Yes. Um, multiple times a year that helps people, particularly in transition, like really identify their purpose and what like their heartbeat, you know, that what drives them in life and how to like look to create in that transition you know, a life for themselves that embraces that. And he's really fucking good at it. Yes. A full <laughs> compass point driven life. And this guy is just like fearless. He he lives a fearless life and there is no, you know, and when he, he calls it like when he, when he lets the fear in that motivates and inspires. And also, you know, he knows how to talk to himself and, and really center himself to a point where he is back to work motivated, but also in the direction with purpose. And it is, uh, it's fascinating. <laughs> I also have to say on a non-guru related side of things. So Rick, mm-hmm. our guest is a really big surfer. Of course, he lives in Bali. So, uh, and you'll, he has some really good stories. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Bali. Bali. Sorry, Bali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bali, Bali is like, um, you know, the, Bali the casino. Bali Right? Oh, yeah. No, Bali. But it is still Bali high. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's all, it's all speech. Like, you you must come from the Midwest. Do you say pillow? Do you say oh, milk? I hate you. <laughs> Shit, I fucking did for a long Sorry time. Sorry for all of you St. Louisers out there and your milk. Um, So Rick is a huge surfer and my brother is a really big surfer. And one day, I don't know, a couple years ago, so I've known Rick for four years now, two years in or so. I did something. I brought Rick in to do something with a bunch of artist activists and I posted about it on Facebook and my brother called me and he's like, how do you fucking know Rick Cowley? Do you know him personally? And I was like, I do. Why? And he's like, I have been following him for a decade. I've always wanted to go do the vision, um, vision quest retreat. And I always looked out to see where he's surfing and I can't believe you know him. And I was like, I just won the most big sister cred ever, <laughs> ever, ever. That is so sick. Yeah. I mean, I know you and your brother are pretty close, but yeah. like that is one of those things where you're like, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I had no idea. Just like it it solidifies all the coolness, you know, between you two. It's just that's fucking amazing. I was thinking the whole time while we talked to Rick that like I secretly I don't think Ryan, my brother, listens to this podcast. So I I I, that's like the gift. He might listen to this episode. The gift I want to give him someday is to be able to pay for him to go to Vision Quest. That would be amazing. Listen, all we gotta do is vision quest it. That's true. We got a vision (laughs) we got a vision request it. hate you god dang it <laughs> listen my pun game is fucking strong I know my pun is. game has gotten so much stronger well i tell you what i think we should get right to this episode it's a really interesting it's sort of a new format for us because rick's story is so extraordinary that this felt a little more like one of those like journalist like you know poke and prod and uh, the story out of someone and he really does mm-hmm. nearly all the talking because andrew and i were just like wrapped attention holy shit I mean, it's there was so a couple good. of moments when we actually we actually like side chatted each other and she was like, feel free to jump in anytime. And I was like, am I going to be able to like there's no space a because he kept saying so such amazing things. And yeah. I was like, I can't stop the flow. No, I can't stop this flow. No, it's really and then good. Eventually, like we kind of got in there. It's just such a great conversation. And again, it, it does change the format for us because usually you can't shut us up. <laughs> can't shut us the fuck up. He he is he's phenomenal i mean he is a fucking phenomenal human being i mean to lead vision quest 50 fucking retreats 
50 retreats. If you are interested, after you listen to it, Rick's actually going to run an online version of Vision Quest called Vision Clear that starts on June 10th for those of us in the United States uh, and June 11th for anyone who's in Europe, Australia, and the Middle East. So you can go to his website, visionquest.com, and that's with a Y, V-Y-S-I-O-N. We'll put the link in the show notes, but go to visionquest.com and you can join the wait list for the Vision Clear program that starts in June. Um, It's all online and has all of the, you know, basic, like important stuff that he does over in Bali, uh, but just, you know, no surfing and gorgeous sunrises and all that. You have to find your own sort of sunrise. (laughs) And find it, you know what I mean? You're in a static place in this, you know, in your inner lockdown or wherever you're at holding, you know, hunkered down, but finding that purpose and finding the drive and finding the motivation again is a very special thing. And I think that we've, you know, in our fear have forgotten what the purpose is Mm. and it's been it's been it's been overshadowed by anxiety Mm -hmm. and fear and Mm -hmm. the fear of not knowing you know which is right those those feelings are all correct and they're all right but to be able to find something within yourself to keep going and to persevere through this time and to create something but also just to be enough in yourself yeah it's it's fucking magical it's really magical if you want to listen to more guests like rick Callie or you want to be a guest on tm2c podcast we want you to head over to twitter uh tm2c podcast leave us a video ask question for any of our upcoming guests or anybody that you think that we should talk to not just gurus we want to talk to anybody anybody in the digital space anybody um entrepreneur anybody you think is cool and fun like get at us tm2c podcast we hope you enjoy this episode of take me to coffee with rick Callie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It might have been me. I'm always a fuck up. It's, uh, it's very early where you are, right, Rick? 6, 11 a.m. Tomorrow? <laughs> yes, tomorrow. it is tomorrow. So if you, if, you want, if you want to know what happens on Saturday, yeah, I can tell you what happens. It's a, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish we could say the same here in this, uh, the Northern Hemisphere. Are you both in New York? Yes. Quarantined. Lockdown in the city. <laughs> Wait, one of, one of my clients is in Frozen and she said that Broadway is closed. Yes, it is. Very closed. So, yes. Alicia, yes. right? Alicia, yeah, yeah. Do you know Alicia Albright, Andrew? Have you ever worked with her? No, don't know Alicia. She's been in a ton of yeah. shows, but yeah. Have you worked with her, Jess? Not me, but um, someone else introduced me to her, and then I found out you knew her. I forget how all that happened, but yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So you are in Australia, but your home's in Bali normally, right? Yes, so I'm, I'm based in Bali, and I run retreats there. And I'm there, I'm there probably 70% of the time. And then I have two kids that live in Australia. They're 15 and nine. So I'm 15 and 10, just had a 10th birthday. And that was the, thank you. And that was the the reason for the trip back here with, with my girlfriend who we are on Bali together and we're coming back to Australia for two weeks for my son's birthday. And then for Adam's um, Reliable Education Summit, which is where I met Jess, the first one of those like four years ago. And uh, okay. so in that, in that right before we were coming here, we, we were running a retreat on Bali and that was like the week that the world changed from the coronavirus stuff. And we're on the retreat and like every day it was like n- new bits of information were coming about the, the responses and, and oh, the restrictions and everything. And it was like the, the world was com- almost completely normal when we started the retreat. And then eight days later, it was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> like. 
<laughs> I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And then we we flew to Australia two days, or like a day and a half later, and just realized in that time we're like where wherever we wherever we are right now, like we choose in the next couple of days where we're going to be for the next who knows, like three months, six months, yeah. year. So um, obviously, like it was, it's better for me to be uh, on lockdown with my mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, so we've been in Australia. It's been a month. Is your girlfriend from Australia originally? No, she's from the states, and oh, nice. and uh, and has been living in Bali for about three years. Cool. So we how's she her. like in Australia? She likes it. Yeah, it's cool. um, it's a it, she she came once on a shorter trip, like maybe a year and a half ago to to with me to Australia. Um, and this is, this is their first time, you know, spending an extended period of time here. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an extremely unusual situation. We're, we're living with my ex-wife Pia, who mm -hmm. we, we obviously we get along and, and, uh, are still a big part of each other's lives. And so our two kids, and then she has two little boys, a four-year-old and two-year-old little boys. And they're like wild animals and <laughs> super fun and crazy and it's and it's just a it's a flow of chaos and food and cleaning and trampoline time and bikes and scooters and <laughs> and uh so that's been for her that's been the that's been the biggest adjustment is like living living with we have our community our own community here you know while everyone's on lockdown they've kind of been, yeah. been like i'm spending so much time by myself or with one other person and and it's like we're we got a flow of kids and not people. in our house <laughs> yeah yeah That's i don't know if I, I don't know if I, should, I don't know if i should tell you this but we played cards against humanity last night with all all generations <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing you know in my family now because i i don't know if you know this rick but both my parents are passed away so we the first christmas after all that happened i was sitting there on christmas morning and i was like what the fuck this is the worst what are we gonna do and i was like oh well let's play cards against humanity on Christmas day now as a tradition. And now mm -hmm. it's our way to test new um, girlfriends and boyfriends and the family mm -hmm. is like, if they can hang with our cards against humanity, they're fine. They can stay. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, the, the first time I played that was like one of the hardest I've, I've ever laughed. <laughs> um, the shock, the shock value. Then, then you, then it's, then it's really only fun to play with new people, you know, and kind of like be looking out of the corner of your eye uh, to see how they're going to handle this completely inappropriate card, I was gonna you know. see if I could pull it out but really the key I think I've got the the newest biggest black box for cards against humanity so I literally I think I probably have near 500 cards so it's very unlikely you'll get the same cards very often which mm -hmm. is great mm -hmm. <laughs> we need we need like we need the new sets we've kind of gone through our current set thoroughly yeah I mean you guys are yeah. all about cards for humanity I am I am 100% not on board with the cards for humanity at all cards against humanity I don't, I don't care for it it's a subjective game and I don't like subjective <laughs> things <laughs> at all i'm like i'm a finite guy like i'm about finality i'm about like who's winning who's losing how do we get through this and like your your version of what's funny is not going to be what my version is which i grit which i think is great for community building but there's a point in, in the game in which i'm like is it over is there a time is there a time when somebody wins i feel like we really just learned something about your personality andrew i mean i just let's unpack that for a second <laughs> Well, I, I hear you that there's not like an end point. And <laughs> right, that's what I mean. It can go on forever. But like, I'm also interested in the multi-generational aspect that you spoke of, <laughs> of like what kids like nowadays thinks funny versus like what the 15-year-old thinks is funny versus what a 21-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, what is that? Yeah. Well, the, the, you, 
part of the skill is getting into the sense of humor of whoever is choosing what what yeah. it is so like yeah. my my 10 year old son you know you have to <laughs> you have to you have to take into account what he'll what he'll know like what you know what people he'll know or you know what what words he'll know though he now he yeah. he knows all the words pretty much now because they get explained but um, then, but you have to realize what what he thinks is funny. Obviously, is going to be different than what you know, forty three year old man thinks is funny versus a thirty seven sure. year old woman, and so yeah. it's part of the skill. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, there it is. Okay, there it is. I mean, now it's about uh, you know doing some armchair psychology <laughs> on the people that you're playing the game with while you're telling a poop joke. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. How many rounds do you go around? It's like uh, playing cards, like Texas Hold'em or something, right? You learn your partner's tells. Mm-hmm. You kind of like catch the vibe that mm-hmm. way. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so Rick on take me to coffee. We generally like do a lot of this where just wherever the conversation goes, it goes and they're not usually straight interviews, but I like know your background story and I think it's so special. And I know that a lot of people who listen won't have known it. So, and I'm sure you have to say this all the time, but would you mind sharing your story and, and your uh, then leading more to about your company and the work you do? Sure. Very well. Then where do I begin? (laughs) Summer's in Rangoo. Luge lessons. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell uh, me more. <laughs> um, so the there were there have been like two two key um, phases in my life that I like to talk of as like kind of like where the seeds were planted. Well, the first one is like where the seeds were planted for the work that I do. Um, I have a company called uh, Vision Quest, and. Uh, the company is actually called Rick Cowley International, but the process is called yeah. <laughs> the branding is called Vision Quest. Yeah, um, right. Uh, and that's another uh, uh, Austin Powers reference to of International Man of Mystery, and so I kind of <laughs> I kind of like whisper that to myself when I say Rick Cowley International Man of Mystery. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the first one was um, when I was 21 years old. I had leukemia. And this was, uh, I'd been, I'd been living on Java for a year in Indonesia on a, on a university exchange program. And at the end of that year, I was traveling with, with my buddy, Brian, like my best friend that I grew up with, he flew over and we did, we did a surf trip for the summer. You know, we had like a two and a half month break, um, in university break for summer. And so we were, we were traveling off on, on a, on a super remote Island. It was actually the most remote place that we'd, either of us had ever been. Like we had to take Mm. like a, like a dugout canoe from a boat onto this little (laughs) Island. Cool. And we'd, we'd gotten some incredible waves there and camped there in our in our board bags like sleeping on the sand and had to bring all our own all our own food and um fortunately we'd 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 stayed two or three nights on that island and then we got back on the dugout canoe onto a boat onto the next island that actually had a homestay and you know little shops where we can buy buy noodles and rice and stuff Hmm. and um and then i i woke up that night with a with a really sore throat like a sore throat from hell and uh and a and a hot fever and it's already hot like this place you know right. you, you're lucky if you have a fan in the room but there's there's no ac this is in 1997 and um basically that that sore throat and fever didn't go away for um 12 days and we oh my we, gosh we were just island hopping, like, you know, I would rest for a couple of days and then we'd, we'd island hop back to the next island, like kind of moving our way back over towards Bali and then back over to Java where, where my stuff was. And, um, and I just didn't get better. And, you know, you, you, you think 
you think from from history proving itself that you always get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, because the, yeah. the only people who didn't get better, they've died already. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, you just sit there and you rest. And, and, and it was just... Um, it got to where I was kind of, I was kind of so, so sick that I, I didn't realize how sick I was, and I was just losing weight because it was excruciating mm. to eat, it was excruciating to drink water. I, I was so thirsty because I'm sweating all the time, but I just had to pump myself up to even take a couple sips of water. It felt like drinking fire, and um, so Brian had been on the on the phone with my parents, and in those days you had to go to a, um, like a shop, a phone shop to call internationally it was like it was like two dollars a minute you know and so he was he'd been I didn't know this but he'd been like you know going to the shop and calling my parents and he's 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 just a a sensitive big-hearted guy he's been you know a dear friend since I was seven years old and he was like watching me wither in front of his eyes and oh my god and I think he was he was more scared than I was because I didn't you know when you're so sick you don't really know how sick you are and um right Anyway, he'd he'd rearranged the, by talking with my parents. He came to me one day and just said, "Rick, I've changed our flights. We were supposed to be there for like another two weeks, and we had saved we'd saved G Land, which is one of the best waves in the world, as our last oh. as our last hurrah of that oh. two and a half months of traveling in Indonesia. So I was so committed. I was like, I I'd spent I'd actually been gone from home for like fourteen months, and I was like, this G Land was like the jewel in the crown, you know. Oh, so." He told me when he told me, I was like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> what about G Land?" <laughs> you like barely can stand. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're, you're like, like, "I'm yeah. surfing this wave." Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Literally, I was like turning into a skeleton in front of his eyes. You know. Oh my god! Uh, and he, so he just said, "We we changed our flights, and our flights stopped through Hawaii." Um, and so my my parents had arranged to fly. They they lived in San Diego. That's where I grew up, and they'd arranged to fly to Hawaii and meet meet us there to shorten my flight home, which is already like a, I don't know what it was, like an eleven hour flight or something like that, or thirteen hours, and meet yeah. me there. And they they went a day early and like actually went to a hospital and kind of like <laughs> prearranged a hospital room for me and stuff. And wow, um, so we did. We 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 flew back. Um, that was that's definitely the worst flight of my life, and met them in the airport. Brian continued back on to um, San Diego to home. And I, I, we just went to the hospital in Hawaii and that's where they, they first ran, you know, blood tests and got me on Demerol, just a painkiller and started to put like IV fluids in me and everything. And, and, uh, and then the next day they, they came to me and said, we suspect that Rick has leukemia and just from the blood tests. And we want to do a, a bone marrow biopsy uh, where they take a bit of your bone marrow and test it. I don't know if they look under a microscope. I, I can't. I can't remember. And then that. Then so two days later they came back and said, "Good news and bad news. The bad news is that yes, Rick has leukemia. The good news is it's one of the most successfully treated leukemias." So um, and I was I was so sick. I was so sick. I'm just like that sucks. Can I have some more Demerol? <laughs> yeah right and um oh my God. i was actually on like a self-administered like i could hit the oh. button but it was <laughs> right, every right. every four hours i could hit the button it was just for my my throat was really painful 
And so I would, I would like set a timer and, you know, hit the button and just count down, (laughs) count down for four hours, you know, and hit it right, right when it could hit it again. Right. So, um, oh my God. So that was, uh, I was, I was in the hospital there for a week. Then I was, got well enough to fly back to San Diego with my parents. I was in the hospital there for another week or so. And then, um, yeah, then I could stay at home and, you know, my, my, my mom, my dad nursed me back to health for about a month. And then it was a process of chemotherapy, some natural treatment, um, uh, one drug that put it in remission temporarily. That's, that's what I took straight away from the beginning. And that's, I I think I'm pretty sure that saved my life because if I had to go into chemotherapy, um, you know, I'd, I'd lost 30 pounds in that 12 days. I'm already oh a skinny, I'm a skinny dude. Like I don't, you have, are. I don't have a lot of <laughs> yeah. padding, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. have a lot of reserves to keep me alive. So, um, yeah. uh, I was so, I, I was so like, um, basically when leukemia is, is something with your white blood cells, so you can't fight infections. So basically I, I had like a, I don't know what I had, a cold or a flu or something like that. And it just, it, I just couldn't, had no immune system to fight it. So that period, it was about eight months of where I, where I got treatment. And then, then I've been healthy since then. Uh, and, and it was, it turned out to be one of, one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I had a mentor at that time, a, a psychologist um, named Dr. Ted Orcutt in San Diego, who we, I did sessions with, and had he'd already played a, a big role in my family and in counseling with my parents, and was a, was already kind of like a trusted advisor in my mm-hmm. family, and is a is a is a cosmic dude has one foot in, you know, like Western psychology, one foot in Eastern everything. And, um, also he's, he's like a tarot master and basically help. He, he called himself a spiritual broker. So he helps, wow. he helped, he helps people find their own like spiritual path basically and spiritual yeah. calling and as well as balancing it with, you know, the Western techniques. And so, um, what what I got from that time was seeing one was seeing how temporary life is, and being able to you know have a really unusual experience at 21 years old of of facing my mortality mm. and asking and just just looking at the reality of like whoa in next month I might not be here or in six months or in a year I might not be here and even going you know I could I could live another 80 years I could live to be a hundred and and then I'm going to die, but yeah. I'm going down at some yeah. point, you know, at some yeah. point we're all taking that, that unknown adventure. And yeah. it was a really, it was really empowering and, and scary, but mostly empowering. Mo- so it was mostly like waking up to how precious this present moment is. The the people in front of me, the people mm-hmm. that, you know, that I'm, um, that I'm interacting with the people that I'm um, just in my family with my friends and being able to, to be more real and, and like feel my feelings more and express my feelings and express what I'm, what I'm experiencing with people. And that was actually another really big thing that came out of it. Cause I used to be really shy and, um, and not, and, and pretty aloof. And I kind of mm. have that tendency in me. It's something that I, I, I kind of fight a bit. And that was a huge, like a huge, um, time where, 
I, I got to actually like step up and you know when you're when you're sick like that you have leukemia you can like say or do whatever the fuck you <laughs> want to do <laughs> you know so you, got, you got that free pass yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have a hall pass to be like as, <laughs> as weird or like as angry or as like as like annoying or yes. critical or like whatever people are just like yes like you know communicate and and that's well yeah that's what my parents huh. were like anyway like my my parents are amazing and I love that. and and supportive and i i just had i had a support system um in my family and in my friends that was that was huge so um so seeing that life is temporary and then my work with dr ted which was around listening to my inner voice and being able to tap into it for guidance and being able to ask it questions and either and sometimes not hear anything but just just realize that just the asking is 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 a positive like forward moving mm. thing it kind of puts you in that yeah. meditative state to to listen for an answer or sometimes i would hear clear answers and have like this kind of dialogue with my my That's inner so knowing cool. or my inner voice and and looking at okay so w- what do i want to do with with my life like with this precious time and do I want to go back to university like I I remember being like gutted that I couldn't go back to university because I was getting I was in chemo Mm. getting chemotherapy right I I didn't even like university like it it was kind of like a (laughs) like a a vacation the university grass is always greener (laughs) was on the cliff of one of the best waves in California you know so I went to university so I could surf and I like (laughs) I had to do classes, which was so annoying, but I, that was like the deal. You know, you go to class, so you get your free time to, to surf and, and, um, you know, looking back, it just was not, was not my path, you know, to, to be in yeah. university and, and I just didn't know that, that, that there were other options out there, you know? So I started to, to ask myself these, these deeper questions in life, the bigger questions of what I want my life to be about. What's my purpose? What makes me feel alive? What do I want to create? Um, and and listen to the answers, and then have the have the. Um, there's like a this is something I also got from Doctor Taddy said the urgency of life, you know, to feel the mm-hmm. urgency of life, and we think we have all the time in the world to do what we want to do, but the truth is that we don't. And so we have to ask ourselves these questions and then we have to, we have to stay focused, stay focused on these questions and on the answers because time is, time's running out for all of us. And, and so I I just had these, these ideas like drilled into my experience and you have this, you have this like awakening experience when, when you have the right support and you, and you're facing your, your own mortality. And from that time, I like the seeds were planted. I knew that I wanted to provide some kind of a similar experience for people where they, they feel the temporariness of their life and they, they're getting into their, who they really are and what they're really here to do. And the question was like, how do you do that without putting a gun to someone's head or without them having a life-threatening illness? I was just going to ask, did you unleash COVID? Is that, was that your doing? Cause I feel like that's exactly where everyone is now. <laughs> Man, <laughs> hell no, no. I would. Um, I don't know what to say about that. There's, there's, there's just as far as COVID. That's a whole other topic. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't unleash unleash COVID. But I am. I am. Um, 
I am encouraging people to use this time wisely. It's a, yeah. it's, it is a gift to have the dis- disruption yeah. in your life, the dis- disruption in your schedule, what you thought you were going to be doing. And it's like fertile ground to like dig around and see like, Ooh, what, what's really, what's in my garden? Like, what do I yeah. want? What weeds are here that I can take out and what plants are here that I can nourish? You got more time to garden. I love that. So, so it was, it's, so it was a journey after having leukemia and getting that clarity. And I actually, I actually um, decided to go back and study theater, uh, and I wanted oh, really? to, to do acting. Yeah, what? And that's that's I know it's crazy. So I have I have like a like that's a amazing. connection with actor and theater people, actors, yeah. theater people, performers, and um, I don't think I was ever very good, but I wanted to I wanted to like explore that and 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 you know tell stories and evoke emotion or is it invoke emotion? I don't know what the word is, mm-hmm. and. And um, so I went back to school and I studied that for a year. And then I, because at, at UCSD where I went, there's a there's a good theater program, mm-hmm. and um, the the graduate program is especially good. And then we got like the trickle down trickle down effect in the undergraduate program. But um, then after a year, I had another year before I graduated to to get my degree studying. And I was like, fuck that! I don't want to. I just didn't want to be in school. I didn't want to be in university. So I moved to LA. And, uh, and I gave it a go for like a year and a half, um, and was in a bunch of things, never got paid for anything, um, Solid. For like, you know, student things Same. and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and had a, you know, had a big adventure with it and realized it was, it was, um, wasn't quite my path. You know, there was, um, uh, there were, there were, yeah, other things that I, that I still wanted to do and. Uh, but but the point I bring that is just because I, I appreciate you guys and I know that it is not an easy path. Like you 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 have to have this combination of being sensitive and feeling a lot, but being thick skinned mm-hmm. and t- hearing no a hundred times more than you hear yes, and and being in a competitive environment and all this stuff. Like I don't know how you guys do it. So my hats off to you guys, and and thank God you do because good good performances on on stage, you know, singing in movies, everything is like it's such an important thing for the world, and you know you guys touch our hearts, and so appreciate that oh gosh thanks thank you yeah yeah yeah. so i i ended up after 13 years after i had leukemia uh with these seeds planted of like how can i do this how can i guide people through some kind of an experience uh where they're where they're connecting with themselves and 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 seeing and understanding who they are and what they want to do with this precious temporary life um, you know, I had, I had a, the voice of voices of doubt and, you know, who am I to do this? And, you know, I'm not ready. I need to, my life needs to be more perfect before I do this. Um, and at this, at, at the time when I ran my first retreat, um, Pia and I were married, we were living in Australia. Mm. My daughter was about six. My son was about one. And I finally, um, I, I, I just was so mad at myself that I hadn't tried it yet. And the idea, the idea would come and I'd get inspired about it. And then, and then I'd get too scared to do it. And it was like, cause it was, it, it was, it was such a, it was such a personal thing to me. You know, I didn't want to mess it up and I didn't want it to fail. <laughs> I really wanted it. I wanted it to be good. I wanted yeah. it to be amazing. I wanted it to, to succeed. 
Um, but you know, with anything for the first time, like how, how are you going to know yeah. unless you do it and you have to be okay right. with it failing or you have to be, you have to be okay with even, this is my thing of like putting it out there and like no one signing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and being yeah. like, I'm such a loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> like no one even wants to know about it, you know? And, uh, right. and I, I ended up just, yeah, I basically got so mad at myself for not having the guts to, to just, to just put it out there and do it and try it that I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't stand myself. So I, I did it. And I, I think if this is a long time ago, I think I put up like a Facebook event for like a personal growth surfing, surfing retreat kind of a thing. And, um, there was a fateful intervention from one of my friends, another friend named Ted in San Diego, who, who had been um, really close to me when, when I had leukemia? We lived together, so he was a he saw that that journey and and um, wanted the best for me. And he he had, he had just learned about an organization in the states. I can't remember what it's called. Where the guy takes people takes young adult cancer survivors on kayaking trips. Cool as a way for them to get support mm-hmm. and have a have a good adventure and uh, and meet each other. And he had a friend who had just gone and, and been the photographer for one of their trips. And she came back just saying it was the most one of the most beautiful things she, she'd ever seen. So he sent me their website. And I looked at their website and, and it, it moved me to tears to hear what, what these people were saying about the experience. And it took me a little bit of a, a day or two to be like, to kind of reframe what the what the retreat was. And then I realized like it was actually, that was perfect, especially for this first one. Because I knew that I could help young adult cancer survivors because I'd been there. I knew exactly what it felt like. And I'd, I'd come out the other side and I'd used that experience as, as an empowering experience in my mm-hmm. life. And my sense was that a lot of people don't have support during that time. You know, I have, I have amazing parents. I have amazing friends. I had amazing doctors. You know, we were looking at the alternative stuff as well as the conventional stuff. Like we, I just had awesome. every, every base covered and so many people don't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so instead of it being an empowering experience for people, it's a, it's a, they come out the other side with more fear of like, yeah. what if it comes back, you know? And that's, that's, that's the thought you have when you come, when you come out, you know? And it's not a nice thought to live with. And it's like, if any thought's going to help it come back, like that's the thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. can't hang right. out. You can't hang out with that thought. So, um, or if you do, then you, you have to catch it, nip it in the bud and use it to, you know, get back on track and do the mm-hmm. things that are, that, that, that are make, making sure, giving you the best chances that you live a, a happy, healthy, thriving life, you know. So I did, I took a day or two and I, and I, and I re, I reframed the, the retreat and I said, this is a, this is a retreat for young adult cancer survivors, um, yeah, to help them kind of unwrap the gift of this experience and connect with their purpose and their dreams and their vision and, um, put it out there and it, I scheduled it and it was in like three weeks time and oh five my gosh. people, yeah, it was, it was totally last minute, but, um, you know, I just, I just couldn't dilly dally anymore. You know, it's yeah. been like 13 years right. dilly dallying. And, and I hope, I hope that people like you guys, as you're listening, can, can, can feel something like that in your life where you're like, man, there's been something that I, that it's been this calling in me that maybe you haven't known what it is. 
and or maybe you have known what it is and you've just been like man i it's been it's too it's too scary to start you know i hope yeah. someday i get the guts up to do it and i just want to say like i i hope that this that this story is is touching something in you where you're like fuck it even if it doesn't go how i want it to go on the first one like i have to try this if i get to the end of my life and i never step up and and actually like put myself out there and try this thing and try to like connect with people and help people how I want to help people. If I get to the end of my life and I never do that, my life will be incomplete. That's, that is a very empowering and scary thought, but it's, it's like, it's a life changing thought. So I just want to like, I have to say that because that's where I was and thank God that I got angry enough at myself where I just tried it and that retreat. So five people came you know, in three weeks time, um, word spread, I reached out to, you know, um, organizations that support young adults with cancer and they, they put it out there and gladly, you know, they're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. cool. We, we want to help you do this. And I, I didn't charge money for it. I just raised money, um, to, Sorry. to just run this first one. I raised a couple thousand bucks and, um, you know, that was the other thing that was scary too. It was like, will anyone contribute money to this, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, I did. I had a couple couple donors bless their hearts and and ran this first one. It was fucking magic. It was it was you know the most magical thing was seeing how the support from life that we got, like just the the synchronicities in nature. Like we'd be up at sunrise doing yoga, and it was like the most beautiful sunrise you've ever seen. And then a whale starts breaching. Ah, you know, it's just like come on and. and like we were on the news, you know, like with the, I can't, I don't even know how they found out about it. I can't remember, but the, the news came and interviewed us and all the participants and shared yes. the story of it. And then, um, a friend of mine who works in, um, in TV came and, and filmed one day and interviewed everyone and put together this beautiful eight minute mini documentary about it. And it wow. was like all this, all this support came and it was, and then just the interactions with people and the conversations we were having and the laughs we were having and the tears that were flowing and, um, and like the, the space that we made for people was, was like a dream come true for me. You know, in the past I've had, I've had cool jobs. I've, I've had a surf camp in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had cool adventurous things that I was doing, but this was always what was missing. This, this deeper work with people, people and bringing up to the surface, these the the puzzle pieces of their vision that's mm-hmm. that's what i saw over the years that's what we were doing and it was it was just one of the most magical 5 days of my life and of the participants lives and it was the first time that i ever felt fulfillment from from just being myself and and giving and supporting and you were how old then i was tw- i was 30 uh 33 about wow yeah. It's your Jesus here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, that was, you know, that experience was, so how I look at it was like the leukemia was the, was the challenge that I went through where I was receiving life's lessons. We all have those, whether it's a certain, a, a singular experience or a period of life, or maybe it was in your childhood where, where things were fucking hard and that was where you were you were like you had to go through the challenges to prepare you for what you're here to create what you're here to give 
And what happens to people is they go through those experiences because we all have the hard experiences. We go through those times and most people, it's like a, it's like a present that's been handed to you that you just leave sitting on your doorstep unwrapped yeah. and you go about life and you go, um, you know, life still feels kind of hard. You know, I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm here. I'm, I'm making money. You know, I've got my job or I've got a business and I've got my family. I've even, even I've got all the things I said that I wanted. Like you could have the house and the partner and the kids and the financial stability and the investments and the friends and still you're, you're not fulfilled. And from what I've seen, it's because you're, you're not actually doing the one thing that life puts you here to do. Yep. So this is what I help people do is to unwrap that gift because it's already been handed to you. Like the the it's already been given to you it's like it's like waving its arms in front of you it's like hello i'm here (laughs) it's right it's right there you know so um and like it you know most people like go go their whole lives without ever unwrapping this gift and kind of feeling complainy about life so when really you could just take the time and have the guidance to to unwrap this gift and look at you know, it's, it's, a, it's like the combination of like the essence of who you are and the tool of who you are, like knowing how to use yourself, mm-hmm. knowing like what, what your way of being is that is that uplifts and empowers other people and, you know, puts you in the flow and taps you into the magic of life and gets results and everything. So um, that was the and you have to share it it's also not enough just to go oh you know this is who i am (laughs) you have to use it you have to use it so that was my time of where i first um you know unwrapped the gift and i used it Mm -hmm. and it worked and it was it it totally redirected my life where i ran i ran about um, five more of those retreats over over about two years for the young adult cancer survivors and then um, when Pia and I separated, I, I, I had a time of like reinvention in my life where I was going, you know, how, I, how I've been living, you know, we, we both did, where it was like how I've been living hasn't been really my life. And mm. so, so, you know, I realized that I wanted to be doing the retreats and, and, and exploring this process and guiding people through this process as my as my my vocation, my profession, my business, my my life's work, you know, my life's calling. So then I I opened it up the retreats up to to anyone. It's been mostly professionals and entrepreneurs and some some creatives and artists and performers, of course, and um, and ran the moved to Bali and and started running the retreats full time on Bali. So that's been um that's been the 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 journey of it. Um and and there's one one other key part is you know with your with your purpose and fulfilling your purpose from what I've seen it has to you have to be growing with it. It's not mm-hmm. like you know you can take for example say someone's purpose is counseling. They you know they might set up a counseling business and do counseling and then spend a few years, 5 years, maybe 10 years like mastering counseling but they also need to then grow grow their impact like they need they need more challenges they need um they need you know in they could either work with more people find a way to work with more people or go more deep with people 
but somehow you you have you have to be growing and challenging yourself. So one of the things that I saw was that I, I want to work with more people. And you know, the retreats are they're just amazing. It's if you have an option, like the, the retreat is the best way to do this. <laughs> you know, it's being face to face with me in paradise with a small group of people. Everyone is just going for it, doing this deep work together, supporting each other. So I can't say enough about the experience of of going to Bali and doing this yeah. experience, but it, it that excludes so many people around the world who are ripe for this experience and mm-hmm. can can use this work and you know they can't afford it time wise or money wise. So um, so I I I wrestled with how do I make it available to more people, and I don't want people in front of screens. And I remember one one participant, Emily. Um, coming and, you know, I was bouncing this idea around with one of my groups and saying, how do I make it available to more people? And she's like, you, it's so simple. You just do an online program. And I was like yelling at her. I was like, no, I'm not, ne- I'm never doing an online program. Like I don't want people in front of a computer. You, you don't, you know, you can't deeply connect in front of a computer. Like I want people spending less time in front of a computer. And then, um, and then I did my first online program as a participant. And I was like, this is badass. I can be sitting here I can be sitting here on my bed in Bali and getting all this information and getting community support and getting coaching and yeah. and learning from people around the world at the same time. And that's that's what opened my mind up to the possibility of of um of using an online platform to work with people around the world. Mm-hmm. And so I did that about four years ago. I took the best of the best retreat content and I put it into an online program. And if, and it just made the program better by honing it all down and, and focusing in. And the ironic thing is now I use the online um, audio recordings in the retreat. So it's kind of oh, like, funny. They've, they've kind of like fed each other. That's, of all, course, that's very holistic, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so that's been, that's my story of how it started, um, the time of receiving life's lessons, the time of giving life's lessons, and then continuously, you know, growing and growing in my purpose and working with more people and spreading the message. And- how, how do you, I don't know how I want to ask this question. How, what do you see pattern wise, like in terms of the integrity of your program in a time where at least I perceive to see a lot of wellness stuff sort of disguised as just sales things, you know, like bottom, like profits and taking advantage of people, because that's absolutely not what you do. I'm like, do you see, do you find that it's sort of the, like the kind of people that are attracted to you just are sort of be, know that the integrity of your program, or do you change minds often? Like, or do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. clearly know what I'm asking, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think I get a sense. There's a, there's a, a few things. So one is I suck at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I have always sucked at marketing. I probably will always suck at marketing. And um people sign up for people sign up for my program not because of my marketing but despite my marketing. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> so, if you get through my marketing, it means that you feel the essence of of what I'm doing, of what's possible. And you know, 90 like that's it's, amazing. It's, it's probably 90% of people come through word of mouth. So they just, they just, it, it's, 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 um, mm. you know, this is part of my, what I have to step up to in my life is, is 
is even though the, the marketing stuff doesn't come easily and talking about what I do doesn't come easily, the, the, the program and my, my role in the program, my confidence in myself to deliver, um, to help people get these life-changing insights is, is, is strong. So, and most people come through word of mouth, whether friend, just their friend or their, their brother or their sister or whatever just says, stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to go, you have to do this retreat or you have to do this online program. And they, they go to the website just to make sure I'm not insane or something like that, you know, or we have, we have a call like I'm at this point, I love to do that with people where, you know, we have a, I call it a connection call because especially for the retreat, I got to make sure that they're not crazy. They want to make sure I'm not crazy and just to just make sure we're on the same page because, because it's, it's not for everyone. You know, it's, it's, you have to want to do this work. If you don't want to do this yeah. work, it feels like torture. If you do want to do this work, it feels like like heaven. Mm. You know, I mean, the, the path there, there can be ups and downs on the path, but the result feels like heaven to have this like, it's like coming home to yourself and having this understanding. So the right people feel it. You know, it's it's kind of as simple as that. And and I'll, I ask people, how did you find out about this? And they'll say something like, "My friend started talking about it, and the hairs on my arm stood up." Or I I you know I I saw an Instagram live you did, and the mm. hairs on my arm stood up. I saw your website, and the hairs on my arm stood up. I just knew that I had to do it. So thank God that there's there's that somehow that energy is is coming across in you know whatever the words and the images that i use um and the other thing is that this the program if people i think people can feel that it's different because it's not something i i dreamed up um at the beginning i did a little bit you know where i took i took the best concepts and and writing exercises are a huge part of this the 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 they're the backbone of this it's not about me teaching you and it's it's not about filling you up with ideas, but it's about making a space and putting you in a state where you're receptive and you can hear that the ideas coming up from inside of you. And the people who are attracted to this already have that voice is already loud and clear, but it's it's mostly right. getting drowned out by the distractions in life and by by how we normally think and the the this this drive to just do and be busy and to you know to be planning and all this stuff that gets in the way of us hearing that that inner voice but people already like that voice is like yelling at them they already have a sense of their their intuition so it just feels right you know that they're going to they're going to hear that voice and bring that voice up and not only just hear it but but capture it with a pen on paper and really like a step-by-step design that brings that that lets the voice come up more deeply and more deeply and more deeply so um it's just a really beautiful blend of the the non-physical and the physical like taking this these deeper messages and putting it first onto paper where you can reflect on it and see it and be more objective about it Uh, andrew (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then and then bring it into reality so, but, but the fact that it's been refined over 50 retreats now, I've done like, you know, I did like six of the cancer oh my God. retreats and I just ran my 44th retreat in Bali. Congratulations. So, That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, pr- pretty soon I will have spent a year of my life on retreat, which is pretty cool. 
Um, so, um, the, and I get kick ass people in these retreats, you know, people like Adam who come, who are so like, you know, mm -hmm. people who have mm -hmm. so much life experience, who've already done so much and who are, are at a point where they like, they, they're at a transition point and they don't, they kind of don't know how to bring up to the surface what their soul is now calling them to do. It's like their mind has been calling them to do things and they've achieved mm. in terms of their mind and what their, yeah. what their parents wanted for them and what, what we thought we wanted from society and our teachers and all that stuff. And, yep. and, you know, most people do it and then they realize, is that, <laughs> is this life? Like, this is it? I thought I would be happier and more fulfilled. <laughs> so, so they have a sense that there's something more for them. Yeah. Like they're here to be something more. And this is what we bring up to the surface. God, I am mind blown. And also in this like weirdly wonderful ethereal place with all of this, because, you know, in the, especially right now, and I have like so many thoughts on this, but my mind jumps to where we're at right now in the middle of this pandemic and this crisis, like people needing to express themselves and people needing to find uh, like we've had a moment of kind of renaissance and revelation, right? That you've stripped away everything, all the bullshit. And I assume this is part of the first part of your process is to like to strip away the shit, come out to Bali, which is one of the most fucking beautiful places in the world, strip all the shit away, get all the distraction out of the way. And then we start to, we start to do the work. Right. Yeah. So like in this moment now, my question to you is, and you said earlier, business is booming and I can see why. Is there something maybe that you could say in this moment, and not without giving too much of your, your program away, but to just kind of like, maybe, and maybe this is more of a question for myself too, is like, I'm thinking like, <laughs> what's a, what's a good jumping off point? You know what I mean? Like what's, what's, what's the one thing after you, you leave the distraction and you leave all the stuff that, what is that one thing that you unpack? You know what I mean? Like if I was to listen to my inner voice and these are for the people out there, like, if I'm listening to that inner voice, what is the one wall that I drop down or the, you know, inside myself? What is that thing? Mm -hmm. And again, like, don't give away your program. I, I, I want people to come and experience it wholly. I just, I it just, I, I thought about it. I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, what's that one thing that I have that I'm not, is, am I not listening to myself enough? You know what I mean? That's, yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great question to ask. And what, where I'm, I'm like, um, so, so there's two things. So one is that in the, the, there is a process, there's a process to this. So when you're, when you're starting to look at your, let's, let's say your dreams, because this is what your dreams and your goals, this is, this is where most people try to leap into, uh, they, they just try to go right there and they go, okay, I got to figure out what I want. And I'm going to, so I'm going to sit down, um, well, I might even do a program on like, you know, goal setting or like, um, figuring out what my dreams are, or I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to think about it. You know, I'm going to have a glass of wine and let's come up with my dreams. And maybe, maybe, you know, people often do this, um, for new years, you know, they go like new year's resolutions or what do I want for the next yeah. year? What are my yeah. goals for the next mm -hmm. year? And mm -hmm. it's a good thing. But what, what I've seen is that people are trying to clarify this this vision or these these goals skipping a lot of a, a lot of necessary priming work mm -hmm. so 
what happens is that that we there there are forces inside of you that don't want you to discover your real dreams. They want it's it's the fear. I just call it the fear. And it's not personal. It doesn't matter. It's just like this thing mm. of being human right now where we have the fear. I have the fear. Like like before I get on this podcast, like I have the fear. I've got to shoot a video for for one of my web pages. I'm I've, I I fucking hate it. Like <laughs> I yeah. I'm so critical of myself. I just feel like I, <laughs> sure. I don't I don't you know in terms like oh. if someone asks me a question, I got I get flows. Like I got the confidence. If I'm talking yeah. to a camera, it feels so unnatural. You know, so the, forced the, and crazy. Yeah, the voice of the fear. Yeah. Don't don't worry. Like the voice of the fear is loud and clear, and it it doesn't go away. It actually gets louder when you're clear on your purpose and your dreams because it knows that if you you are really going for your your purpose and your purpose driven dreams that's your fastest way to change your life and to have the impact that you were here to make and you i just think of the fear the fear is the thing that wants to keep things the same it wants to stop you in your tracks and it knows what buttons to push so yeah. what happens is most people sit down and they go, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to set my, my dreams and my goals for the year, for example, or even right now, like if we're in this time, you know, maybe it's a time I can do some goal setting and figure out what I want, but the fear will give you just enough, say inspiration or just enough clarity that you think you've done the work and to kind of put a bandaid on the sore, like it's okay, it's good enough now, you know, back to life and but the truth is that you you have like you haven't kind of your purpose is your is your like fuel source for this stuff it's really your compass for for your life and for your dreams and people are trying to set their goals and set their dreams but they're ignoring their purpose so what's the point like you know if you want mm -hmm. to and this is what you know from what i've seen what makes this my program and my my technique unique is that most teachers are either showing you how to be more effective, which is amazing. They're, they're showing you how to use your time better, how to whatever, how to make more sales, how to improve your voice. Like these, these things, they're telling you how to be more effective or they're teaching you how to chill the hell out. Like that's where like med meditation comes in and these things <laughs> that are really, you know, really flowy and getting you in touch right. and getting you to relax. And that's so important as well. Uh, and that's the precursor to hearing the inner knowing. But what what they're missing and the teachings that I've always been so inspired by are the teachings of like, is my, is my, what's the aim? What am I aiming at in my life? Is my ladder leaning against the right yeah. wall? Um, yeah. One of Stephen, Stephen Covey's like one of a legend to me, you know, like his teachings are yeah. amazing. Is my ladder leaning mm. against the right wall? And this is, so this is like where in, in a lot of, for a lot of teachers or programs, they might, their course might be on like goal setting and they'll spend like, you know, a half hour on your purpose, you know, as if, as if you can just sit down and you've got a lifetime of momentum and, and fearful thoughts right. and everything that's like, don't, you know, just flirt with your purpose, but don't go right there because it's too scary. Just like yeah. me, me running the retreats, it's too fucking scary. I waited 13 yeah. years, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. you know, so, um, it's, it's, that's what this program is, is realizing like how, like what, what could be more important in your life than discovering what your, what your true aim is, you know, like when you get to the end of your life, 
did you walk your true path right. in life? Right. And your chances of achieving those those real dreams that you have, the purpose-driven dreams, are so much better when you actually know what your purpose is and when you actually know what they are. Um, so in this time of the COVID-19, like, so first of all, this is an amazing time. So that's the first thing I want to say, like this, this is a blessing. And I, I believe that every curse is actually a blessing, giving you more of what you truly want and, and nudging you on your true path. So whatever, you know, if you feel like you're fighting what's happening and say, I, I know it's stressful. It's been more stressful for me too. It's been more stressful for everyone. Like Jess and I were talking before we started recording that, man, we're, we're super busy. Like this is, it's just an intense time. If you, if you have motivation and you have ambition, yeah. this is an intense time. So just accept that this is going to be an intense time and it's going to be, it, it could be, it should be you looking back on this time of like, well, that was a crazy time. It was intense. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. It was yeah. when I started to take the time out to, you know, I had the interruptions handed to me. I wasn't going to my normal job or my normal hours. I wasn't doing the things I normally do. I wasn't going to the places that yeah. I like to eat. I wasn't hanging out with my friends. You know, I wasn't doing all the stuff that I normally do that actually looking back was a bit of a distraction. And when those distractions were taken away, first it got uncomfortable and it got scary. And then I surrendered to it. And then, you know, I heard this Take Me to Coffee podcast that opened my mind up a little bit that just said, what if it's not a curse? What if it's a blessing? What if this is something that for whatever reason, on a big scale for humanity is forcing, force people to take the time out and start to slow down and ask themselves the deeper questions so we can get the, get our aim right. So that's one thing is just to share that. So if you're feeling yep. like you're fighting it, you don't need to. You're, you're just, that's just the fear that doesn't want you to do this deeper work, but there's never been a better time to do this deeper work. Yeah. Then what, um, there, there is a process that I've seen that I didn't actually realize until a friend of mine who was helping me with, with my marketing message, he said, Rick, what are the steps that you, that you actually take people on? And I'd never, I'd never like step back and look at my process from the top and look down at it and realize, whoa, there, there are steps in this process. And the process has been rearranged, you know, yeah. like, like I said, you have to be primed to get to these, the, the more deep things like your purpose is, is the first really deep one that you get to. And then when you know your purpose, then you can start to look at what your, your dreams are, you know, and it, not, right. not all your, pur your dreams are going to be purpose driven dreams, but your most important ones uh, will be, will be very closely tied to your purpose or the, the people you love most in your life. So, um, I'm just trying to think what, what to share. So people, you, for example, you've got a bit more time, um, or you, maybe you don't, but you want to use the time that you have to start to connect with this, this inner voice and start to hear it and understand it and use it to kind of, you know, set your, set your compass for your life. So, um, one of the things is just taking the time 
and and actually making you know taking 15 minutes or taking 30 minutes and first thing in the morning is the most powerful so on like on the retreats we start at 5 30 um on the online program we start at 6 a.m but you just take out take 30 minutes first thing in the morning with a pen and paper before you've done anything else before you've checked any emails or messages before you've had your coffee and it's okay to be groggy um, groggy and just be a little bit out of it um, and start to kind of dialogue with yourself you know <laughs> like yeah. um, whatever whatever terminology works best for you your your inner knowing your higher self god the universe um, and just just start to express yourself let let things come out you can let your frustrations come out let your questions come out start to ask questions and and just be like you know um inner knowing or inner being i'm feeling frustrated about this i really would like more clarity about this the, what i say when i do it for myself is can you share your perspective about this and so now i find myself thinking if i'm going to journal in the morning or something i'm coming out of a dream state right and i'm in that groggy state and it's kind of like halfway between the like the knowing and the not knowing you know what i mean the reality of like where I'm at in my subconscious, which kind of rules the dream world, you know, scientifically or whatever. And then you kind of get into that weird middle place of this, like what I said, this kind of ethereal, euphoric, holistic, um, kind of a, uh, a plane of existence, if you will. Um, and I find that like, that's where it is, right? Like, is that, and I'm not asking you the question. I'm just saying like, for me, that's where I find like, oh, that's when I talk to myself and I go, oh, oh, you're that guy. That's, that's who you are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The purpose, the purpose purposeful voice is what I, I find myself now calling it because you've said purpose so many times. Um, but for me, yeah, finding that aim point, like coming out from the dream state is where I mostly have my anxieties Good. and my, yeah. my fears. Yeah. And then coming out and being like, Oh, my rational mind understands again, my subjective rational mind goes, I need to, I know how to quell mm. all of those things and yeah. put them in a nice and neat little box. Yeah. But like you're saying to be able to like actually dialogue with them and have your, back and forth is actually super healthy. You don't have to pack all that shit away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I like about that is that, um, that, you know, what if, what if the anxiety isn't, it actually is your deeper voice that's just going, Hey, like I've been trying to tell you this for <laughs> decades. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like, give me a moment. Mm -hmm. Give me a moment. So that's what you're doing when you make the time with a pen and paper. And even if nothing yeah. comes is to make the time mm. and kind of show it, show it the respect and say, okay, I'm, I'm open. I, I really want to start listening. And it takes, it takes doing it and doing it a few times and realizing, holy shit, like there's some gems that are coming out in this writing and in these answers that I'm getting. And I, I, I know what that feels like. I know what, I know what it feels like. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll get this, my heart will like skip a beat. And that's where I feel it'll, that's where I feel the temporariness of my life. And they kind of like, what am I doing? <laughs> am I doing the most important things in my life? Mm -hmm. And like, and like, Rick, you're the purpose guy. Like, <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah yeah you're <laughs> really so pressure. Fuck, yeah. I, yeah i i need that to, i need the direction because if i'm just like out here going like this then there's no you know with the aim point really spoke to me because i'm like i if i don't have anything to do i will just randomly go do everything yeah. but like to take that all down and strip that away and i know a lot of our listeners out there are like 
I don't have the, you know, you don't have the routine anymore. You don't have the, the drinks, the friends and the dinners and the distraction. Yeah. How, you know what I mean? Take the mind, settle it down, grab all the things, pull it all back and go, what's the aim point? Yeah. I love that. I love the compass, like the metaphor, the imagery. Yeah. The morning writing thing as an answer to your question, Andrew, right? For everybody who's listening and for us as well is like one little thing we can do right now that's really tangible that, you know, actually yeah. does work towards something like you keep saying, Rick, right? Move forward in some way. And also that like gives us a little self-care in this moment, I feel like. There's two other um, topics that we use to prime you understanding your purpose. And they're, you, you, if you're listening, just write these down. It's appreciation and inspiration. So you can ask yourself questions like mm-hmm. what inspires, uh, what, what do I appreciate? What am I grateful for? And just start writing. You know, you've probably heard this somewhere before, but this is like, this is why it primes you for, for, um, getting deeper clarity about yourself and understanding what are these things that, that make you feel well and whole. And then the inspiration so that, that the appreciation and the mm-hmm. gratitude is like a foundation that you stand on. And then the inspiration mm-hmm. is like what's calling you forward. So on your firm foundation, what's calling you forward in your life, like what's pulling your, yourself forward. And what how I think of it is it's like, it's like grabbing a cord from down below. That's the appreciation, the gratitude, and then grabbing a cord from up above. And that's the inspiration and plugging them, plugging them in. And that's what gets the circuit, uh, the circuit flowing. flowing. Yeah. So, so this yep. is what you can do in the morning is, is the, the three things are one is just start to dialogue with yourself. And the second one is ask questions and write and journal about what you appreciate and what you're grateful for and journal about what inspires you. And mm. these things start to bring ideas up to the surface and stir up these like these subconscious puzzle pieces of what you're here to do because life has been life's been guiding you the whole time. And when I, I think that when we're kids, we're connected. That circuit is flowing you you watch a kid they're fucking crazy (laughs) they're just following their excitement their inspiration their appreciation all of the time it's like they spend zero time on what they don't want to do and what feels boring and what's not interesting to them and they got life pumping through them like that that's the circuit life is pumping through them yeah yeah so we have to kind of, we have to now manually do the work of like reconnecting with that sense of appreciation, reconnecting with a sense of inspiration and then, and then connecting them. And then that's when you can start to get that deeper clarity on your purpose. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to ask you guys questions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, get yeah, go for get it. your guys glimpse. So the first question I'd like to ask is what, what hidden blessings have come out of this the coronavirus stuff for each of you pajama pants <laughs> and i'm not fucking kidding can, can, can you are you wearing pajamas right now comfy pants. i'm gonna revise and say comfy <laughs> she pants does not she does not crawl out of comfy pants so that was for the punchline i get it but in all seriousness and this has so much to do with what you were talking about like i am so grateful to be able to like say i'm as a woman i'm never comfortable ever 
I have to pay so, and as a female leader, to pay so much attention to what I'm wearing, what I look like. I wear heels so I'm taller than the men I'm walking into rooms with, right? I'm always have makeup on. This is incredible. It's such a gift. And it's like, and it doesn't have anything to do with like how much I'm getting done or not. You know what I mean? I'm doing, I'm like firing on all 10 cylinders in my comfy pants. It's fucking great. And I'm really grateful for mm-hmm. it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. You know, ironically, this is the first time I've actually put on pants for this podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. And the funny thing is we're never going to nope. see them. We don't even know if you've got pants on or not. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Uh, So one thing that I'm like absolutely thankful for during this time is I was out in Chicago for two years and me and my wife had just been married the year previous. So 2016, I was out of town, 2017, sorry, 2018, 2019 and just came back into town and I've been able to spend the most time reconnecting and refiguring out how to exist with my partner. We've been together for 10 years. I've been away for, you know, quite a bit of that. And we kind of had a discussion the other day that was based around how our time was never really built together. Her job is in the daytime. Mine is like starts at night with a theater. So we're kind of at opposite schedules all the time where we didn't get to spend a lot of great time together or like really intimate time together. And now we're kind of forced into that situation and just figuring each other out and how this works like this. And you know what I mean? Like really kind of in a way, and I don't mean to be sappy about this, but like re-falling in love with somebody that you've, you're like, I'm, I'm loving more every day, the things that you're doing that frustrate me, but also like we're able to communicate really well. So the things that frustrate me are also the things that I love about her and finding that kind of like symbiosis in this moment is, has been a very like trying and wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you for, uh, yeah, this is, this is a time of transition. We, you know, we all go through times of transition in our lives and this is a time where like everyone happens to be in the transition at the same Together. time. So right. you get to do with your partner, your partner's going through a transition too. Like your, whatever right. your friends are, your parents are, your kids are like, everyone's going through a transition. So that's really cool and really heartwarming to hear that you guys are like, this is, this is a transition. This is an opportunity for us to get to know each other in this phase and build the next phase mm-hmm. together because it's right. it doesn't look like how it looked in the past so mm. we have to we have to exactly. reinvent it and that's what that's what it was for for me is like living in a time and i believe in collective energy i believe in like the group conscious kind of a mentality of everyone living in this anxiety right now everybody's living in this very stressful time and that is like pervasive in society right now and so that's why i love your your words man it's like about purpose it's about finding you know getting rid of everything else. We understand that that's the new baseline. This is the new the new normal. The fear. Right? That's mm-hmm. the baseline. Now, we kind of have to find our compass point and reassess like what we are in our lives. Like what are we now? Who are we now? Why are we now? You know? Yeah. Which I find highly interesting. Yeah, it's a perfect time. I cannot believe we are like way, way almost out of time. And that felt like it was like a 10 minute conversation. It, truly like in a way that no other no other episode of recording of this podcast has ever been this long and felt that short. I don't think. <laughs> That's wild. Rick, man, you are... Uh, the, you're a special. You're a special person. <laughs> how can people like if they want to do your online? Yeah, how do we get a hold of you? How do I? How do I come to a fucking? Yeah. Yeah. 
the retreats, you're going to have to be a little bit patient with. Yeah. Um, uh, we, well, I know why now. So. <laughs> um, yeah, they're on hold right now with the coronavirus. But um, fortunately, I created this online program a few years ago. And so I've just done a, a very um, a very organic but fast and thorough pivot to the online program. Awesome. And I'm doing more of these programs than I've ever done before. Um, I'm uh, running one right now. So how it, what the online program looks like is it's called Vision Clear, and it's a 28-day online program where you take 30 minutes every morning. doesn't matter how busy you are. It fits into the busiest of schedules. And you, what it looks like is you sit down, you have a tidy workspace, you have a workbook that you've printed out, and you go through 28 modules. Each one, you sit down in the morning, you put your earphones in, you listen to a two-minute breathing exercise to really center yourself. Then you listen to about a five-minute uh, audio, which is it's like a guided meditation. It also helps to center you and put the power for creating your life back into your own hands. Like I said, it's not about filling you up with ideas, but it's just about putting you in that state where you remember like how powerful you are, what a gift this life is, how temporary it is, and that you're here to do something special. So you listen to that audio lesson, and then you open up your workbook and you do one writing exercise. And each day just takes you, builds on the previous day, takes you deeper and deeper, brings up more puzzle pieces of your vision, brings up your life purpose, which I see as like the central puzzle piece that connects most of the other puzzle pieces in your vision. And at the end, you've done all the priming work. And the end is where you're really focusing on your dreams and your vision. And it just falls into place. It's like, it's like as if you have all the puzzle pieces, it's almost like this. You have all the puzzle pieces, you're holding it above a table and you drop them mm. and they all just go. And fit in. And you're like this observer just watching all the puzzle pieces fall into place. And it just feels, you just feel giddy and excited and inspired and so grateful and moved and, um, it's a it's a really beautiful, powerful process. So I'm guiding groups of people through those 28-day Vision Clear online programs. The next one is going to start in June. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to Vision Quest, and it's spelled V-Y-S-I-O-N-Q-U-E-S-T, and it's the same on Facebook and the same on Instagram, at Vision Quest. And you can also get a taste of these Silent Sunrise sessions because every Monday morning, Australia time, um, Brisbane time, I'm doing a 30-minute guided, it's basically guided breathing, meditation, and writing exercise. So you can start to, Andrew, this is a great place to start, by the way. Listen, um, I'm 100% in Sunday afternoon. I'm right there. Yeah, and they're recorded too. So you can go to my Facebook page at Vision Quest and just listen to these uh, at your convenience. Um, the best time is first thing in the morning. Um, 5.30 a.m. is the best time to do this work. So that's that's how people can find out more. I'm so glad we know you. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So what'd you think about Rick? <laughs> there were no words uh, for me there for a little while because just like taking him in and hearing his story and seeing someone who's like touch the other side a little bit mm-hmm. and talking to someone who's like been to the light uh and 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 come back 
more powerful is mm-hmm. is always such a very special thing for me. Like I've known a lot of people who have dealt with death and who have, you know, been in situations where they've, you know, potentially or they've been dead. And I've talked to a couple of people in my life where, where they've mm-hmm. actually clinically been dead mm-hmm. and then come back. And they have this very um, beautiful view of what the existence is that a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. And to talk to to talk to Rick, he he is one of those people. He absolutely understands it. He understands it, and he's harnessed that mm. gift. He's harnessed mm-hmm. the gift. Um, not that he controls it, because there's no control of that. But he has taken it, and he wants to give it and share it with other people. And that is fucking magic. That is yeah. pure, that is what the essence of magic is to me. So everyone, don't forget to follow Rick on the social medias. He's at Vision Quest, but that's Vision with a Y. I'll put the um, links in the show notes. Listen, if you really enjoy this conversation and you want to know more about Rick Kelly, visit his website at HTTPS. I don't need all that. <laughs> visit his website at www.visionquest.com. That is V-Y-S-I-O-N-Q-U-E-S-T.com to join the wait list. Uh, and you might be able to get into his next Vision Clear online. Starts in June. Meeting that starts in June. I mean, 28 days. It's re- it's a it's a full program, and I think it would absolutely be worth it. And while you're at it, you can head to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, follow us at TM2C Podcast to ask us questions for upcoming guests, or let us know about someone smart and cool you follow online that we should talk to. Oh, snap. That is it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee. Now it's your turn. One, check out new episodes every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on them all. Two. For special bonus content, including being able to hear the birds beautifully chirping and screeching in Australia, (laughs) in Rick's Australia house. Join us at our coffee club at Patreon, www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. Your contribution helps us continue to make this podcast for you, with you, and completely ad-free in the time of COVID. No one tells us what to do. Three. Download these episodes and leave us a review so we can emerge from the deep, dark corners of the face mask or the gloves that I've seen left on the streets. (laughs) I'm Jess. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Two walk like two out the door Then you have magic